Good morning. Am I on now? Good morning. I've, oh, there we go. Good morning. I've got power. Come on in. Welcome this morning. Let's open in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for another day that you've made for us. Just rejoice in that and rejoice that we get to come together. As believers and worship you, we just pray that uh, you would be honored today, we would be filled up, and just uh, be refreshed by each other's presence and your presence most of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as probably a lot of you know, I'm a farmer, so springtime is a very busy time, but it's also very, just a good, it's a good time, like you just start waking up earlier even if you don't want to, because... It's just that time. So, today I want to talk a little bit about the sun, the S-U-N, sun. And the sun is like incredibly important to, to us farmers. And it's, it's actually, my point is it's incredibly important to everyone because of that. Just uh, a question, what does the sun do? The S-U-N, what does the sun do? Anyone Take a jab at it. What's its job? What's that? Basically, yeah. That's what I'm going to get to. Keeps you warm. Yeah, so the two things, that kind of the two main things is light and heat. Which heat, another, another kind of the definition of heat is energy being transferred. So it's energy. You're getting energy from the sun. And yes, there would be no living plants if there wasn't the sun. So in simple terms, my, my way of thinking is the sun is life. It's life. So you're probably guessing where I'm, where I'm going with that. <laughs> the sun, to me, points directly to the sun, S-O-N, sun, Jesus Christ. So many, so many correlations there. In how it, uh, how our physical world, how God made it with the Son and His Son. So, Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the Son, S-U-N, brings us light. He's saying the word is light. Okay, so who's the word? John tells us, first part of John, I'm going to read first uh, section 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God. I added the Jesus part, just that was paraphrased a little bit. I'm adding that, but it's, it's true. And the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, this springtime, as the weather starts warming up, I just encourage you, anytime you feel that sunshine, anytime you see it, you see plants green, that's direct result of the sun that gives light, and the sun, Jesus Christ, made the sun, 
It's all a big circle, and I believe it's all, all there to point us to him and just to get us to understand it's all, it's all about Jesus. That in uh, Jesus we have true life, and, and, and true life that will never end. So with that, invite the worship team up and uh, say, say a prayer for that time. Lord, just uh, praise your name, and I ask that uh, you would just free us to be able to come into your presence and worship you today. A lot can happen in a week, and just uh, pray that you would uh, just, yeah, say, free us to, to worship you today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, if you would like, you can stand and worship with us. And let's praise the Lord together.
But I want to hear from you guys. Who is God to you? Shout it out. Who is God to you this morning? God, we know you're here this morning. You're moving. You're working in your people. God, thank you that you are so much more than just one-dimensional. To one, you might be comfort today. To one, you might be joy. To one, you might be forgiver. At different times in our life, you're going to be all that and so much more to all of us, God. But thank you that you have for us today exactly what we need. If you're looking at God, you will never be left wanting. He is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. thank you that you are here today. You are moving. You will not leave us where we're at. You're going to keep going with us. You're going to walk with us day by day. If you feel stuck, if you feel stuck with where you're at right now, maybe you're in a down down spot right now. It's okay. God's going to meet you right there. He's going to carry you through. God, thank you that we can look to you today, God, not just today, but every day to be what we need for today. God, help us give you back a portion of that in our praise to you here today. God, I pray that it would flow from here, that when we meet people in our week, that we could be a blessing to them because of what you have done in our life. God, thank you for this service. God, I pray that your name would be lifted high. Thank you that it's not about us at all. It's all about you. All the praise is yours today, God. And all God's people said, amen. Good morning. I was standing in the back when the kids left and... uh, If you want to really know how many people leave when we dismiss the kids, just go stand back there and watch. Open pews start to show up all over the place. That's exciting. It's good to be here again this morning. Um, We are going to dive into the book of Acts. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going to go through it. So the book of Acts is the kind of the history of the early church. So we just came through celebrating Easter, the resurrection of Christ, and he was here for around 40 days or so after he rose from the dead, and then he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And so we're going to dive into this. Uh, I've always heard it say that it's called Acts because they're the acts of the apostles or of the disciples. Uh, And so it's a lot of what they did. It's a lot of where they went. It's a lot of ministering to people. And it's a lot of uh, uh, we're going to get into in the first few weeks of the coming of the Holy Spirit and what that meant and how that changed the dynamics of what they were doing. We're going to be going through the first 11 verses of chapter 1. It's thought that Luke possibly wrote this book. Um, If you look at the beginning of Acts and you look at the beginning of Luke, he mentions that same person or the same person is mentioned uh, at the beginning, and some of the ways that it's written, it's, it could be Luke that wrote it. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but it seems like that is maybe what it is. So, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. 
says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So we last week were celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And I had just, I always wonder what would that have been like to be there. So Friday before you might have been depressed because Jesus died. Sunday you would have had a lot of different emotions going on. One of them probably being excitement. One of them probably being confusion, misunderstanding, not sure what is really actually happening. And then we jump into the books of, book of Acts. And they're going to, the first thing they're going to do here in the book of Acts is witness the ascension where Jesus is going back up and up to heaven. And I just I think about these things that are happening and... Uh, Man, what a roller coaster of emotion. Because Jesus is risen from the dead and everybody's excited because he's presented himself to them and now he's going back to the Father, which, by the way, is nothing that they hadn't heard. He'd been telling them this the entire time, but they weren't understanding what was being said. What an unforgettable experience these things probably were. I mean, you think about things in your life today, experiences that you have that you won't ever forget, and you can all think of some. Maybe it was somebody that made a difference in your life. Maybe it was somewhere you got to go. Maybe it was something that happened to you. You can all think of things in your life that were unforgettable experiences. This, for these people, I would think would have to be one of those experiences. Today, we get to read about it. Showing that it happened, what are the experiences in your life that you remember? So here is what's going on. The, the command has been given. We're going to read uh, a few verses here in a minute. The instructions are laid out. The help is on the way. Now it was time to step out and tell others. The command has been given, and that's in Matthew Chapter 28, these are familiar verses you're going to hear again today, but we repeat them often because we will too soon forget them. Here's the commandment, or the command that has been given. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The command has been given, go and make disciples. But not only are you just going to go, I'm also going to be with you, even until the end of the age. The instructions had been laid out as well, and that's Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. That says this, they're asking Jesus, what's the greatest command that we need to keep? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
Here's the instructions that have been laid out. All of these things, the laws that you've been trying to keep and the sacrifices that you've been making and the, everything that you've been trying to do, which seems near impossible because it was, we're going to boil it down to two. Everything you've been doing, everything hangs on these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. It's really that simple, yet it's that hard. Because loving the Lord, yeah, I, I, can, I can do that. I think I can do that. Love your neighbor as yourself? That'll make you a little uncomfortable sometimes, maybe, or make you squirm a little bit because they're both there. And on these two hang everything that they tried to keep before this. Jesus has conquered death. He's appeared to many, proving that he's alive again. And I want to read Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 36 to 43. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe, for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it. In their presence. So that you can imagine that the, 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 whoever it was that went to the tomb that first morning and saw the tomb empty, but they hadn't seen Jesus yet. And then Jesus starts appearing to different people and appearing to more and more people. And now all the disciples are here and he appears to them in the midst. And they're still terrified. Keeping in mind that he had been telling them this all along, what was going to happen. But he said, no. Touch, feel. Feel the hands, or the, the, the scars in my hands. Feel the scars in my feet. Look in my side. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's definitely Jesus, me, that was risen from the dead. And then he took it one step further, and he asked if there's anything to eat. Why would he do that? Because the Spirit's not going to eat anything. Because he was still physically present at that moment. See, Jesus could have risen from the dead and went straight to the Father. But if he had done that, then nobody would have seen him and very likely would not have believed him. Because even though they did see him, they still didn't believe that it was him. Today we read all sides all the way around it. We read the Old Testament that points to Jesus. We get into the New Testament that is the life of Jesus. And then we get to the, towards the end of the Old Testament, which starts talking about how we're supposed to live. It's all there. We can read all of it. We still have trouble believing it. So when Jesus appeared to them, proving that he was alive, that was for a very good reason. Because he wanted them to take it from what he had done, the example that he had set, and continue to pass that on to the other people living there. Back to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Because remember when Jesus first came on the scene, John had preceded him and was baptizing people, and he says, I'm going to baptize you in water, but there's coming somebody else that's going to greater than I whose sandals I'm not even worthy to handle. And so he again, Jesus is again referring to, remember what was happening with John. That was a symbol of what's going to happen again. When I go back to the Father and then I send my Holy Spirit. John's baptism was symbolic, was a symbolic washing to indicate repentance. Baptism does not save you Baptism is a symbol. It's a response to you being saved. Because you want everybody to know, I have accepted Christ 
as my Lord and Savior, and I'm excited, and I want to share that with everybody. And one way to do that is but to get baptized, to follow through with that that Jesus said. So now, as we go, keep moving, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And I, I was thinking about what they're asking here. This is the last time they see Jesus here. The last words that Jesus shares with them, the last words that they ask or the last question that they ask Jesus. And the last question they ask Jesus is whether or not he's now going to restore the kingdom to Israel. You see, they are still not understanding what's going on because they're still thinking in their mind that Jesus is coming like everybody else has come to restore the kingdom to Israel. They're not going to have to live in exile. They're not going to be owned by somebody else, but they're going to be restored. So the last question they ask is now. Now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Still missing the entire point. However, today, what questions do we ask? What questions do I ask? Now make no mistake, the scripture does say, you have not because you ask not. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. But what are the questions that we're asking our Heavenly Father? Because the last time the disciples physically saw him, they asked him if now he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Are we asking the right questions? We most often view things through the lens of how it affects me. And I don't think the disciples were any different. They're viewing this through the lens of how is this going to affect me? Because Jesus has been here teaching and he died and he rose and now if he's just going to continue teaching or are you going to bring the kingdom back? Are you going to give us our land back? Are you going to set our kingdom back up? And he's not talking about the kingdom here. He's talking about his kingdom which is going to last forever. It has nothing to do with this earth. The disciples still weren't gathering that. They weren't grasping that. And today, my question is, do I grasp what that really means? Because I ask questions of God, but I ask them based on how it's going to affect me. Or do I ask God questions based on how it's going to affect eternity? See, I think we're asking the wrong questions. And I think here the disciples are asking the wrong question. Because the command has been given, go and teach the gospel. The instructions, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. The instructions, it's all there. It was laid out. He laid it out very well. And they still asked, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? And here's how Jesus responds to them. It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not up to you. I've got it. I'm still in control. And when it's time for God's kingdom to be set up, for his kingdom to be set up, I'll let you know when that's supposed to be. And in the meantime, go. And love. And follow the example that I've set for you. When is Christ going to return? We know he's going to return. When is he going to return? I don't know. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe in 10 years. I don't know when it's going to be. But we don't need to know. We just need to rest assured in the fact that it's going to happen. And to keep living life and to keep raising our families. To keep serving him. To keep going and sharing the gospel with people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. 
But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Lord, is it going to be now? And Jesus says, don't worry about it. That's not for you to know. Comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. In other words, keep doing what you've been doing. Don't stop. Don't quit now. Don't give up now. Don't think that there's going to be something better we're supposed to do because God gave the command and he gave the instructions. And we're just supposed to follow those. In the same way that these disciples can't fully grasp what is happening here, we don't always grasp what is happening today. And again, I say, are we asking the right questions? Verse 8 in Acts chapter 1. This verse is kind of the main focus of all of Acts. It says, but you shall receive power. When, you, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The main focus of Acts, number one, is transition from Jesus being here, living here, setting an example, healing people, dying and rising again. We're transitioning from Jesus being here to the Holy Spirit coming. So we're not going to have an actual physical person walking here, but the Holy Spirit's going to do the same thing that Jesus was doing but he's going to do it through you. The second thing is the growth of the church comes through the witness of his disciples. That's you and I. And when you talk about the growth of the church, I'm not talking about our church right here. I'm talking about the church of God across the world. That's where the growth comes. You read, as we go into Acts, we'll see how it's exciting to read what happened here. The third one is the result is measurable geographical growth throughout the world. It's interesting in the end of uh, the other verse that we read that it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That at that time, it was following the Romans were the one that were, ones that were conquering and taking over. And it seemed like right along with that Roman conquering of, of different areas, the gospel came right with it. Because go ye into all the world at that time wasn't probably quite as big as what it is today. But as time has gone on, we have continued to do that, and we've continued to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into all the world. As the world has expanded and have more areas have been discovered, we still continue to take that gospel, and that command has not changed from then to now. It's still the same as it was then as it is today. The instructions are still the same today as they were then. So after they asked this question, and Jesus said, that's not for you to know. You don't need to worry about that. You focus on the command that was given and the instructions that were given. That's what you need to focus on. Then it says, now while he, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. By a, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Just imagine what that would have been like. Jesus is standing there. He's been with you for three and a half years, whatever it was. And all of a sudden now, he says his final words physically to, you, to them. And while they watch, it specifically says, while they watch, he's taken up to heaven in a cloud. And he disappears. What do you do with that? I'd have been doing the same thing they were doing, staring at the clouds. Because he said he's coming again. And I think the interesting thing is, is today we think that it can be any day, which it could be. On that day when he ascended to heaven, I think they were thinking the same thing. Is he coming back right away? 
Maybe he's just going to go up for a little bit and come right back down. They're standing there staring at the clouds. I probably would have done the same thing. And as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Why are you standing there staring at the clouds? What was the command again? Go and preach the gospel. And the instructions were to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor. Why are you standing here staring at the clouds? Jesus is going to come again. But we don't stand and stare. Maybe we should do that a little bit more. I don't know. But we don't stand and stare at the clouds very often. We look at them because sometimes they're kind of cool to watch. But in the same way that he was taken, so he will come again. Luke chapter 21. Twenty-five through twenty-eight, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Then, now, when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. You read through that verse and you look at what's happening in our world today. And it's kind of hard not to think that some of that might be going on now. But it doesn't mean that we quit what we're doing and we stand and we stare at the clouds. We don't stop going. We don't stop loving. Continue these things. Because if we are confident in the fact that Jesus is coming again, we're not going to be surprised when all of a sudden he does. We're not going to be caught off guard. Don't worry if you're sleeping, I'm sure you'll wake up. But I like what it says. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. The excitement of the resurrection And now the ascension of Jesus so that he can send the Holy Spirit. This is what's happening right here. It's this transition that's happening. But Jesus is going to come again. Uh, I'm going to have the worship team come back up here if that works for you. Jesus is going to come again. How do we be prepared for that? How do we prepare for that? We prepare for that by knowing who Jesus is, by accepting what he's done for us and what he did on the cross. In just celebrating Easter, we accept the fact that he has risen, he has paid the penalty for our sin. That's how we prepare for it. We don't have to prepare for it by standing and watching and being afraid that we're going to miss it because if you have accepted his love, you're not going to miss it. Are we going to be surprised? No, we're going to be excited. Lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. Uh, If you want to sing the second one, I think. Hosanna. Father, thank you for your love this morning. I thank you for working in our lives. Lord, thank you that you're going to come again. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us not to uh, be afraid to continue sharing your love, to continue loving people, to continue loving you. I thank you, Father, for your love for us. I just pray that uh, you would guide our week. Give us wisdom as we talk to people, as we share your love with people, whatever that might look like and who with, with whoever it might be with. Just thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Guide us, Lord. In your name we pray.
Father, bless our week. Help us to be a light, a shining light for you in our world. We love you this morning. We thank you for your blessings. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be dismissed.